Well, I guess everybody took the weatherman's word and decided they weren't going to come out today, but that's okay. Dave's gone. He has to drive to Connecticut, he told me. Yeah, he said he wants to try and beat it, so so he's on his way. You say Ken and Marion and... Okay, all right. Yeah, it's getting white. It's getting white. That's okay. Hey. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's Owen's fault. Well, good morning, everybody. 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 Uh, wow. <laughs> well, I don't have anything uh, announcements to make. Uh, you see there's a, a note in the bulletin from Pastor Sandy. Uh, we are looking ahead to filling another quarter-time person. So, uh, but Pastor Sandy's uh, contract is up, as the letter says, and uh, we have to rely on the district to supply us with another person. So we're looking, but uh, nothing has come yet, so we'll keep looking. Uh, again, I don't think I have anything else to, uh, to bring up. Uh, you want to hear a little funny story? Oh, that's right. Yes, I knew or something. Okay. And I have to admit, I had one here when they first came out. I had one up here. And I thought I took it home. Where it is is a, a mystery. So I don't know if there's one missing. It's probably because I have it. It might be buried in my vehicle. So we'll, I'll look. So we'll see. We'll see. Things happen, you know. Anyhow, this has nothing to do with church, but I thought it was cute. This guy's driving down the road, and he sees a sign outside this farm lane that says, Talking Dog for Sale. $10. (laughs) That's what he thought. So he goes in the lane. He goes up to the house, and the farmer comes out, and he says, I see your sign out there that you have a dog for sale. And he talks. He said, yeah. He's in the backyard. You can go back and talk to him. So he goes around the corner, and there sits, there lays this dog taking a nap, and he says, hi. And the dog looks up and says, hi, how you doing? He says, good. He says, you can talk. Oh, yeah. He says, I can talk. He says, I learned to talk a long time ago, and I understand what people are saying. And, and he said, it's been a real benefit to me, the dog continues, and says, I, I actually got a job with the FBI for a while. He said, you know, nobody expects a dog to understand, and furthermore, not even to pass on to, to other people what's being said. And he said, pretty soon I, I landed a job with the CIA. He said, I was jetted all over the world. He said, I sat in on all sorts of cartel meetings and, and terrorist meetings and like that. And he said, they, you know, they just came and petted me and said, oh, nice dog, you know. And then they talked about their, their things. And he said, when everything was over, he said, I went back and told 
the CIA what was going on. And he said, it was really, really interesting. He said, I got to see all sorts of things all over the world. And he said, then he said, I started to get a little older and, and I retired from the CIA, but they asked me to, to do some airport work. So he said, I was in a terminal and he said, I'd walk around through the terminal and, and if I saw people that were, looked like they were a little shady, I'd just go up and mosey around them and listen to what they were saying. And then I'd go over and tell the security guards what was going on. And he said, this fellow said, wow, that's really interesting. So what are you doing now? He said, well, he said, I got, I got older and he said, I decided to just take it easy and I'm here at home, uh, you know, living my memories and, and talking to people like you. And the guy says, oh, that's really interesting. He said, I think I'll be right back. And he walks around to the front door and Harris stands a farmer. And he says, wow, that guy's really interesting. And the farmer says, yeah, he, he's interesting, all right. And he said, the guy said, well, why are you only selling him for $10? He said, well, he said, I'm tired of him. I want to get rid of him. He said, You're, why do you want to get rid of him? He said, well, he lies. And the guy said, he lies? Yeah, he said, the daggone dog's not been out of the backyard his whole life. <laughs> Did um. Well, there was this guy driving down the <laughs> Okay, enough of that. All right, well, to open our worship service and get down to the serious end of it, we have a hymn to sing, ladies and gentlemen. It's number 300. Christine, do you have anything that you need to update us on? Yeah, okay. Let me get one thing. Okay, let me. Do we need the microphone, folks? Dave, is he older than your dad? He is older. Oh, he's 88? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So we'll keep him in our prayers. Anyone else have something to share? Oh, Amy, I didn't see you.
outpatient. Well, I think I mean yeah, okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, give her a break. My goodness. Testing. There All right. Um, just to say sort of where we're at with uh, the new directory, um, we are within days of, of getting this thing done. And uh, to let you know, if, if you know of phone numbers that, that uh, the, old, the yellow directory had, that there's a now a new phone number, let us know. Otherwise, it'll get published with last year's. Um, Christine, Nancy, me, Mike, and Sue, in the office, we are the ones that sort of getting this corralled uh, and trying to do as few mistakes as possible. So if you know of something, let us know. Okay, Karen. Oh, good. You don't mind if I spit in it? <coughs> I'm sorry, my asthma is acting up and <coughs> A military source told Nigerian news publication The Cable that the rescue followed a series of military operations in the Sambisa forest where hundreds of captives are being freed. And if you remember when those Chibok girls, they were pretty sure they went to this Sambisa forest. <coughs> um, for a month now, troops have been bombarding the Sambisa forest and broke her home. Boca Haram hideouts and many civilians are being rescued, a military source said. When the enemies are neutralized, those they have captured regain freedom. Among those freed is a Chibok girl, Hawa, I'm not going to say the rest of her name, rescued after her captor's hideout was cleared. And they do say later on she's actually Muslim. Muslim. Um, Magiana may not be the only Chibok girl among those rescued. There were many other girls. We're still trying to find out where they were stolen from, um, their source said. Um, the reports echoed the report quoting an unnamed source privy to information who said the group is not only Chibok girls. They are made up of a variety of women abducted by Boko Haram terrorists. And I think they said there's like 112 that so far they've gotten. So. And going, yeah, they said going on um, when she she's like trying to call her father and she's saying, is this my daddy? So, you know, these girls have gone through terrible things. But 
the fact that they got 112 young women out of there is wonderful. Yes, and that's what they're saying is there might be more coming as they keep as they keep trying to do it. done anything you know they've been tacit or or even stories we've heard from folks from Nigeria that the military would lay down their arms and flee and the Boko Haram in essence would get their arms I've been praying for them, and just Rebecca Luca just popped into my mind. That's the young lady we have been uh, had on our prayer list for years, basically. Yeah. So let's hope and pray that these, all these people, whether it's young women or young men, that they have been uh, kidnapped or returned. So that that's good news. That's good news. That's good. News. Anyone else? Nancy, I see your. Oh, is it? oh my gosh, she's 24 today. Oh, and Karen's is on Thursday. 14. Be, she'll be 14, contrary to what Owen's saying. Well, Megan. Yes. Yeah. Sixty-fifth. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, is it all right if you play Happy Birthday for yourself? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me take this off so I can sink. All right. Hit it. Fourteen. Wow. Two years from now? You Absolutely. I'm only twenty two. I'm sorry? Yes it was it was just yesterday. Well, okay.
Let's have prayer for our, our concerns. Heavenly Father, thank you for welcoming us here. And thank you for our ability to come to you in prayer, no matter when it is, where it is, how long our prayer is, or how short it is. We can talk to you. You're always available. You're always here. What a blessing. Lord, we do have concerns. We have uh, concerns concerning Davy's uncle. Lord, bless him. Give him peace and give his family the assurance that things are going to work out. Things will be fine. And Jay won't have to worry. Lord, we also pray for Kara uh, that her procedure will go quickly and safely and that she will be reunited with her family as soon as possible. Lord, you are the great physician and you're the God that brings healing. So we ask you to step in, guide the doctors, guide the caregivers. Thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, we turn our attention to Nigeria, to those people that are suffering there in your name. Lord, stretch out your mighty right arm and protect them. It is such good news that some of those young women and possibly young men are reunited are freed from their captivity. Lord, we know that there has to be more in that area. And they are taken just because of your name. Lord, help them. Keep those people's faith strong. Keep them strong in their perseverance. We pray for them constantly. They are our brothers and sisters and your saints. So we want them to be safe. Not only there, Lord, but also in Syria and Korea, China, all over the world, Lord, where there is persecution. Although we know this will take place, we still pray that you will intervene. And thank you, Lord, for this congregation. Small in number today, but we know that others that could not make it or were scared to drive in this weather are thinking about us and hopefully listening to your word. Thank you, Lord. Bless Pastor Sandy as he brings a message this morning. Give him and Karen safe passage home through the snow. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done for us. Thank you for this facility. Thank you for those who take care of it. Thank you for this congregation, a loving congregation. We pray this in Jesus' name, our Savior, our coming King. Amen. Again, we have our, our offering to address.
All right. Thank you. That, that, I need all kinds. So David was back there going like this, flagging me down. <laughs> yeah, well. All right. Well, uh, today... So, so I've had, I have had January 31st sort of in my, my line of vision for quite a while, even clear back in November. And uh, so that little letter that's in there, um, and what I'm doing here, folks, some, somebody might say, well, Sandy, Sandy doesn't like us. That's, this is not true. I am just aware that with uh, churches leaving the denomination and our, our district shrinking because of that, that available people... Are, um, is that's a challenge availability I, I am committed not to do more than quarter time and especially at a distance uh, it's right at 63 miles from my home to out here in the carport 63 miles one way um, on a weekday that takes two hours or more to drive it uh, on Sunday morning, it wasn't too bad. We left the house right at 6.30, and we got here a little bit after 8. So, so that's not too bad. Um, but before the Lord, I'm saying, as, as and so like in, in two weeks, I am 71 years old in two weeks. Uh, well, so I said, Lord, I've, I want to do what you want me to do. I don't want to run ahead of you. I don't want to lag behind. Lord, lead me and guide me. And whether that's here, and it could be, but, but folks, we pray our way through this. You need to know that I am praying. I've been praying since October, uh, you know, when, when Ryan got the call down. And I knew that that was going to happen for like three months ahead, I knew Ryan was going to uh, candidate there down at uh, East Fairview. East Fairview, which is west of Mannheim. And the reason it's East Fairview is west is because it's East Fairview Road and brethren cannot help but use name of trees, rivers, creeks, the little towns, whatever, as in the name for their uh, for their churches, and so that's why East Fairview is west of Manhattan. Uh, anyway, when Ryan said yes to that calling, then I go, hmm. I've learned not to just string things along. I did up that up at Quaker Town. And they became a bunch of lazy bums. You know, and, and so in, in eight months, you know, one day I asked uh, the uh, church board chair, in eight months, how many people have you contacted or interviewed? Zero. And I go, yikes. 
these folks think I'm going to stay here forever. <laughs> and, I, and so I just told them, I'm quitting. <laughs> and you know, within four months, they had a brand new pastor. And uh, so I think just sort of saying I'm done uh, was for them was the right thing. Uh, on the other hand, because of the situation in our district and the denomination, I don't want you to have the feeling I'm just going to leave you hanging. All right. And that in a certain regard, if you, if you can find or provide, listen, this is not in the letter. You need to listen to this closely. If you can provide a quarter-time licensed person, quarter-time, that's 10 hours a week preaching every other Sunday, um, and you may have to license somebody. So, you know, you know may, no, Megan's, Megan's already busy. It's not going to be her. Who knows? You know, I'm looking at Elaine. You know what? You want to preach? Oh, okay. Well, but, but you need, as a congregation, to ask that question. Who around could we potentially call to license ministry? Listen, how, how do people get into this? A congregation calls them, and, when, and sometimes when they weren't even thinking of it. And so, um, and sometimes that is finding people from outside. Now, David, the guy that preaches here, and he, and he's from an independent church over in Middletown, I guess. Okay. Maybe you need a conversation with him. If we license you, would you yada yada yada? Okay. Um, oh, or you know others, others in the community, other people you know, other Church of the Brethren in the area that have licensed people. A lot of licensed people out there are not doing much as far as preaching. The value of having Brother Ryan stand up in here and preach is he can go from this to a full-time situation and have some semblance of an understanding of what he's getting himself into, okay? And because, uh, look, I have seen people called into ministry, get themselves in. They didn't know what they were getting themselves in for. And, and w within a year, they bailed out and not only was left the ministry, they left the church. It, it, you know, and, oh, no, 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 come on. You've got to pray your way through this. And, and so on behalf of those that God is calling into ministry uh, uh, as a congregation asking the right questions, of, of individuals and uh, if the, I don't care I don't care if you're you're an old guy <laughs> like an old guy over here uh, you know even if you're old look I'm 71 and I could have run from the Lord all my life and and not done ministry in fact I told the Lord I didn't want to can you imagine that, telling God, no, I'm not going to do it? 
and every possibility for what I wanted to do, it all dried up, and the only thing left was being a minister. <laughs> that is so funny. I go, yeah, that's so much God. God just didn't leave me much choice, you know. If I was going to drag my feet, God can say, yeah, well, there's more than one that can drag feet. And, and the Lord worked on me. And so I don't care how young or old or whatever you are, God can use you. And so when it comes to the license ministry thing, license is what? Is a trial and testing time to see if perhaps you truly are, uh, you know, uh, headed into ministry. And uh, I would say maybe about a fourth of those that are district licensed uh, does not continue on past the license. All right, they, they, uh, they say, well, you know, maybe, that, maybe I had an idea and it was not necessarily the Lord. I think that happens sometimes. And everybody can, you know, somebody is a very good public speaker. And they say, oh, he would make a good minister. Well, maybe, well, maybe not. Maybe he would be called of God, maybe not. Uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, praying and praying and praying through, uh, you know, August, September, October, November, December, January. That's where I'm at. I've been praying. <laughs> and I go, okay, Lord, uh, Lord, you know so much more than I do. I have no idea. Mostly, mo you know, I know, I know that much. Help me, Lord. And so, um, yeah, pray and, and believe. Here, here's what you believe. Believe God supplies leadership when leadership is needed. Believe that. It may be me, it may not be me. But God is a supplier. You know, it's, it's like money. <laughs> when I retired from Coventry, you know, it was, I was just barely 64, you know, and, and my, my pension didn't start till after I was 65. Well, that's a long, long time to live on nothing. <laughs> and I said, I, I did a little letter just like this, and one of the things it said, it said, God is my supply. And I couldn't believe how God supplied. It was just amazing. God actually killed a woman just so I, no, 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 no. <laughs> there, 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 there was this lady and the people at Coventry says, oh, you know, she lives clear down in Willow Street, clear on the other side of Lancaster. And that's, that's an hour and a half for you to get down there why are you going down there to visit her? You shouldn't visit her. And But I did anyway. Even if, even if they were going to get mad at me, too bad. I was going to do it. So I did. Well, so God waited till I retired to take this woman home. She dies. She doesn't have any family. No family. Husband has died before she did. No family, no heirs. 
and her whole estate was $800,000. They chop it in half, give half of it to Coventry, give, <laughs> listen to that, $400,000 given to Coventry. Whose fault is that? Well, Sandy visited her. It's his fault. Oh, yeah? And so they decide, they, you know, I was, they, they decide that they're going to give me full salary almost right up to my 65th birthday, Coventry. And, and I, I go, and I didn't know about all the rest of this stuff, and I go, where are they going to get the money? Oh, now I feel guilty because, you know, it's like robbing the church. And then I found out about the $400,000, and I go, I'm not going to worry about them anymore. <laughs> God, God supplied it into my life. Hallelujah. Man, this is just, just a, so expect God to be the supply and of ministry. Expect God to do that. God does that. I've seen it with music people in the church. So I, I had the, uh, the whole praise team, just uh, all but one of them, they all decided they're just going to quit. <laughs> and, they, and everybody goes, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, there's nobody to lead uh, with the guitars and the, and the drums and all that. You know, and Ted, Ted on drums was the only guy left, and they all, all the rest of them walked out. Within a week, we had more than enough people doing what needed to be done. I go, I go. Did you see that? God, did, God, I didn't do that. God did that. And so there's the part here is to believe that God has a heart for the congregation, and uh, that God is able. He's more than able to raise up leadership. And uh, yeah, you can take one of these pews and make it into a leader. I don't know. <laughs> I, why did I say that? Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I you know, uh, you, you could in this little letter you can find my heart. All right. I I took a whole day to write that letter. <laughs> she she kept saying, "Are you done with that yet?" <laughs> Well, I'm not quite done with it yet. All right, let's uh, turn into scriptures today and let's first turn to uh, John chapter 13, Gospel of John chapter 13. And uh, I, I mentioned to Eleanor that my goal here is to preach long enough to see if we get snowed in. <laughs> I heard I, David was laughing back there. <laughs> My, my jokes are mostly dumb. <laughs> John chapter 13. What's in John 13? Something uh, very key, very uh, focused, very... Um, and, and we're... And, and the, what's on the front of the bulletin? I, I took half a day to do that. And, and you recognize that if you saw PowerPoints in the past. I pulled the graphic off the PowerPoint. It was really rough. And I totally redid it with the computer. And then I do the background and whatever else. Um, and so this is sort of the last piece of the puzzle. 
to what those PowerPoints were. We did, we did uh, fruit bearing, nonconformity, ordinances, and Gemeinschaft. We did those, all right? What we're talking about today is what's on the inside of that cross, that heart that's on the cross. So you got fruit on the cross, and you got this heart. And uh, this that heart, that was done before the cultural shift with the word love. Now, what's happened with the word love is all these... Uh, super educated translators and academics. They said, you know, uh, we can't use these old words anymore because nobody understands them, so we gotta, use, we gotta use the words that everybody knows. But herein is a problem because loving chocolate, loving the Cincinnati Reds, loving the Chicago Bears, and uh, Loving Jesus, it's also, yeah, you throw it into one basket and it's the same old thing. No, 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 no. Even the Greeks had four different words for love. And John, in particularly John, others, but in particularly John, and then Paul picks up on it, uses the Greek word agape for the word love. And really, in the Lord, gives a spiritual dimension to agape. Agape originally was not a particularly gospel word or a loving Jesus word. Uh, but, the, you know, these men, they had, in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, had experienced something from God, of God the love of God. And, and they saw it in the eyes of Jesus. They heard it in his words. They were, their lives were not only touched, their lives were transformed. And, and so John and the Apostle Paul, and Apostle Paul uh, uh, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians talks about love. If you don't have agape, then you're just, Clangy, clangy, making noise, just making, you know, and uh, it's pretty empty. And whatever you do is pretty empty unless it's got agape, and that's that heart on the graphic in the front of the bulletin. That is agape. Now let's let's describe agape, and then we'll read. We'll read what this says in uh, John chapter 13. Agape is what took Jesus. He looked at your sins, he looked at my sins, and it's what took him to the cross. And he said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And the will of the Father was that he become the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Hey, that's my sin and your sin. And this defines love. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ defines agape. 
Now, here, let's see what Jesus also says about agape. This is uh, John chapter 13, and uh, just a couple of verses there, 34, 35. John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment. This is Jesus speaking. A new commandment. I give to you that you agape one another. As I have agaped you, that you also agape one another. By this, by what? By this, by the agape. All will know that you are my disciples if you have agape one to another. Now he says it's a new command. How is it a new command? Old Testament says love your neighbor. Old Testament says love God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. That's old. So what's the new? How is it that the command to love is new? Well, some would say, and I think we, we give, I and others would give credence to this. Well, the new part is that it was there before, but it really wasn't fully a command. Well, you can argue that. You can say, he said to love God, and he said to love your neighbor. That's pretty much like a command. <laughs> but this is new in a different way. The command to love, that's not so much the, the new part. The new part is when he says, when he says, as I have loved you. Never before, never before Jesus did we have a measuring stick for how I'm going to live and how I'm going to treat other people. And now I have a measuring stick. And what is that me measuring stick? The measuring stick is not a philosophy. It's not a thing. It's not a concept. The measuring stick is a person. And that's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The new part of the new command is that now to do it the way Jesus did it. I go, wow. And you know, I look at that, I go, Lord, I'm not sure I can do that. He says, that's exactly right. You don't have it in yourself to do it. And unless, unless you invite me into your life, unless you say, Holy Spirit, I want you to have control in my life, and I want, want to have a heart turned towards you to, to be an obedient, a, a heart for obedience, then, uh, you know, I'll never make it. And so the new part is, is the fact that, that it's Jesus saying, do it like the, I do it. That's the new part because we didn't have Jesus before. And that we have, we have his example. We have 
and, and we see where the agape takes him and it's that hill outside the city and it's, it's those nails being driven into his hands and into his feet and it's that, that spear being thrust into his side. It's that crown of thorns on his head. It's the, 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 the whipping that he took on his back And he's saying, now I want you to do that. <laughs> and that's why, that's why Mac and others, Mac and Mac Jr. or Mac Jr. is, we know for sure come up with this idea right here, the heart on a cross, is because the cross defines what it even means to be a Christian. Without the cross, <laughs> listen. Talk about people in ministry and people leaving the ministry. And, and I've seen people leave the ministry because they were saying, leave the cross out. Bloody, gory religion, that is no longer acceptable. And I've seen brethren people leave the ministry. Actually, one case, they yeah, pretty much kicked out because they, they refused the cross. And that's refusing the love of Jesus. And if there's any validity of being, quote, a brethren Christian, it, it, right, here, it, right here it is. Right there it is. It is, it is and, and, and sort of look at, look at what it says. Radical discipleship, obedience to Christ. Obedience to what? And now that just doesn't cover this new command he, he gives here in chapter 13. This, this is all the stuff in Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount. This is all the things he taught by the wayside. This is Jesus was a perfect expression of the word of God, so much so that he is the word of God. And what he says is a perfect portrayal of God's word in human form to all that will pay attention and see and hear and, and understand. Radical discipleship is what? Yeah, following Jesus. And if you're gonna follow him, don't do like Judas. Judas followed but did not obey. The rest of them didn't do a perfect job, but yeah, Judas gave his heart to all the wrong things, and especially money. Now, but what the brethren have said right here is that the heart of this also is the New Testament, our rule of faith and practice. And that sounds, <laughs> sounds sort of technical. But what that is, and I have seen this, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to name other denominations. Right? I could tell you denominations and they do do this and they do that. What this is saying is that at least in the inception of what's called the Brethren Movement, that we were saying not only is is the expression of the Word of God in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but it is in all the rest 
of the New Testament and what, the, what Paul is doing, what Peter is doing, what Jude is doing, what all these other writers in the New Testament, what they're doing is giving you the things of the Lord Jesus Christ and continuing to express it, whether through letters or, you know, or like the, uh, the prophecy of Revelation, that this is the word of God. And so you don't leave any of this out. It's not just the red letter in the red letter edition. It's, every, it's everything from the first verse of Matthew to the last verse of Revelation. And that's what that's saying. It's the whole thing. All right? Let's go on to, uh, to chapter 14, John 14. And uh, well, it's only a foot and a half now. We, we, we got a ways to go. Uh, chapter 14, verse, starting with verse 9. No, that's not right. Hmm. Well, let's do it. <laughs> chapter 14. Do you know what? Is that, am I in the right? Did I tell her the wrong chapter? Yeah, I told her the wrong. It's supposed to be chapter 15. I go, that doesn't look right. Chapter 15, John chapter, the gospel of John chapter 15, verse 9, Jesus says, as a father agaped me, I also have agaped you. Abide, or that's a word that means to find a home to dwell, dwell, abide in my agape. The cross, he's saying, the love of the cross. You've got to know to give your heart to that and to live your life that way that you take up your cross daily and follow me, Jesus is saying. All right? Don't, don't separate those things out. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So what, so what is a command from the Lord? Has the Lord ever given you a command and you, you, know, you act like Jonah and head the, head the other direction? <laughs> yeah, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I, I really don't recommend it. Uh, all you're going to do is just dig, dig your hole deeper. It's going to be the hole you dug. And he says, now what you going to do? Sandy, what you going to do? And I go, uh, I don't know. I think I need help. He goes, yeah, you needed help all along. <laughs> my, oh, my. And, and, to say, and to say, Lord, all right, I want to lay down my life, I'm going to give my heart, get, be careful what you give your heart to. Lay down your life for the Lord Jesus. Love him. Love him with all your soul, mind, strength. Love him with everything you have. Get, give him yourself. That's because that's what Jesus did to his heavenly father. He says, you do the same thing. Verse 11 says, these things I have spoken to you 
that my joy, are you a, are you a, um, are you a grumpy person? <laughs> are you to have joy? I'm, I get grumpy. I said, my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So if you, if you find yourself being grumpy, grumpy, ouchy, ouchy. You, you, do you, ever, you know what I mean when, you, when people get ouchy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. Ouchy is when, when, when the argument is loud enough that all the neighbors, you know, can hear you outside. Yikes. This is my commandment, his command. Chapter 13, he calls it a new commandment. This is my commandment that you agape one another as I have agaped you. That's the cross. That's why that heart is on the cross. Appropriately. All right. Are you going to be a disciple? Are you going to be a, oh, once in a while disciple? Are you going to be a disciple just when you feel like it? Are you going to be a disciple just when it makes you happy? Or are you going to be a disciple, uh, you know, just, just because, just, you know, lighting candles on Christmas Eve and that makes you feel good? <laughs> no, hey, I'll tell you what, what a joy to do that. Proclaim the word of Christ through lighting those. But you know, the cross is more than lighting candles. Verse 13, wow. Greater love. There's a secular song that says the greatest love is, is what happens between a man and woman in bed. Nah, the truth of God is this. Greater agape, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And that, and that heart on the cross is the heart of Christ for you and it is the, as your heart for Christ. That's, that's why it's right there in the core of that cross. And then verse 14 says, you are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, So, so here, here I am. You know, God's calling me to ministry. I go, no, 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 I'm going to do something else. 